from Melbourne and Minneapolis. This is for Christ's sake. Lisa. Pierce was sitting alone at breakfast the next morning when a girl came up and joined him. She wore a blue linen sleeveless dress that fitted smoothly over her breasts and narrow waist. Her long dark hair was loose around her face. Her eyes were an incredibly deep blue. Hello. Welcome to For Christ's Sake. My name is Hugh, and I'm joined by... Who am I joined by? That's your cue. Hunter. 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 Why, it's nice to hear you. I can't see you, of course, because we are recording from different continents, not over video conference. All right, what is this show? This show is for Christ's sake, as I just said. Or weren't you listening? And no, uh, we're too, reading busy Michael Crichton's my signature snack, third ever published work. And enjoy my Easy delicious go. vodka sunrise. And uh, why are we reading Michael Crichton's third published work? What about the first two? Well, we've already covered those. So go back into the archives. <laughs> prepare, prepare a nice warm bath. And catch up. Get, get a nice, um, you know, razor blade and... Uh, you know, kill yourself in the middle of it. Oh, that sounds lovely. <laughs> you, can't kill, you can't kill yourself. I know, I'm jealous of the listeners who can. They don't have uh, podcast obligations like we do. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, I have some toast and tea. Uh, you have a vodka sunrise and some chips or some shit. Mm. Yeah, that's right. I already said my stuff. Yeah, but I was talking at the same time. And that doesn't work. But that's really what you have. You have pyramid-shaped toast and orange pico tea. Yeah. And you've got a vodka sunrise and some chips. That's true. Some chips. Anyway, uh, we've assembled the team. Mm. Um, everyone's in Cairo. We're not yet at the dig site. Um, we're looking for ancient treasure. We have a foolproof scheme that uh, a journalist named Pierce has concocted, mm. whereby uh, we're going to discover some ancient treasure and try and sell it to the Egyptian government mm. or some shit. Now we are in the second part of this second part, mm. and that second part is titled Lisa, as you just heard. Lisa. 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 I hardly know her. 
Lisa. <laughs> yeah, Lisa from Grover. Lisa. Anyway. Lisa. Who is this Lisa? Who is this Lisa? <laughs> That's why I asked you. Uh, she's Grover's personal secretary. Whose name is, full name is Lisa Barnett. Barrett. 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 Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what happens in this chapter, Theo? It's not a very, uh, one that's in depth, but I, I, there's some enjoyable bits. Definitely is uh, very National Geographic. <laughs> so you said this last episode, but, uh, Pierce has really come into focus as the chief protagonist of the book. Lisa. And as such, as such, he requires a love interest. Mm. And uh, Crichton has baked up Lisa. Lisa. An English-accented, fetchingly beautiful secretary mm. of one Lord Grover. And like uh, like most uh, female protagonists in these, in these Crichton books, uh, has no uh, personality to speak of. I can't think of any trait of her besides uh, she's beautiful and she probably she probably has a secret. Hmm. That's it. That's the entirety of her personality. And that's the entirety of the chapter. Pretty much. There's some bits I would like to, to, to tap on here real quick. So they go sightseeing. Mm. And uh, we get yet another of uh, what we've got to come to term as the, uh, the Nat Geo uh, crib notes of uh, Crichton's approach. Yep. Yeah, uh, there is one part that I wanted to highlight uh, where <laughs> the uh, call to prayer sounds from the minarets. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, Lisa, uh, despite being a beautiful woman, uh, who you know seems well traveled, has only this to say. <laughs> and I guess he could do uh, for crying out loud. He's riding proud. Come on, let's hear it right about now for crying out loud. My God, she said, that's an incredible sound. It's so foreign. <laughs> Do your British accent. <laughs> My God, she said, that's an incredible sound. It's so foreign. Perfect. <laughs> it's like listening to a mirror. Is that, is that what you uh, pictured when you uh, reading uh, Weezer's dialogue? Mm-hmm. Um, so on the, on the, on the, you know, Nat Geo description front. There's a particularly inelegant section that <laughs> does sound like it was just straight from an article mm. where they go to the Egyptian museum mm. and Pierce is sort of looking around. Yeah, this is pretty boring. He's finding it interesting that he's looking at the faces of these long dead powerful kings and such and uh, noting that they retain their regal appearance. Mm. The next paragraph starts, for instance, there was... Second reign, who united Egypt about 1550 BC and drove out the invaders. He was the subject of a folklore for centuries afterwards. His mummy showed scars of battle and a horribly mutilated face and skull. But the most impressive was Rabsy the second. <laughs> Whatever article uh, Crichton cribbed that off of definitely had a case against him. <laughs> anyway, so we get through that. Um, and there's one part that I thought was absolutely hysterical. Mm-hmm. They go outside the uh, museum, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I can just read this entire chat. This could be another segment of For Crying for Out Loud. Right. Okay. Did we ever even leave the last segment? Because I just quoted the piece as well. So maybe <laughs> this is one massive segment. Yeah, yeah. It's up to you with that. It... All right, listeners, do you want to hear the theme song again? You do? Okay, let's do it. He's <laughs> riding proud. Come on, let's hear it. Right. 
Later, they walk through the galleries displaying the contents of Tutankhamun's tomb. It seemed to go on forever, case after case of jewelry, gold, lavish ornaments. Then, when they went outside, they passed a woman squatted in the street, nursing her child, her eyes hollow as she stared forward. Flies crawled on the baby's face. It's not fair, Lisa had said. And I just think it's... Yeah, uh, that was funny. I just thought that was really funny. <laughs> like, why include this little scene? <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just so gauche. The fact that he, he decides that he needs to include this, like, you know, sort of, like, uh, the, the struggle of the, the urban poor in Cairo. And this, like, you know, mm. shitty book is, is amusing to me, you know? Um, they wind up back at um, Pierce's hotel room. And they basically talk one another to sleep. Yeah. And uh, after they wake up, they both feel an uneasy sense of intimacy with the other. Mm. And uh, Lisa quickly excuses herself, despite um, Pierce requesting her presence for dinner. She's like, I'm too busy, I'm sorry. And he could sense too that she was feeling a little awkward. And then she uh, takes off. Her clothes. They, no, they she get doesn't. Get down have. to fucking. No. Oh, no? No fucking. What? I thought this was a Crichton book. What's going on? You can tell this is a true love because um, one of Pierce's, uh, not one of Pierce's, one of, uh, what's his name? Grover's uh, girls comes over and is like, I want to have sex with you. And then Pierce's like, no. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of. Pisses off Grover. Yeah. And then it's like, tomorrow they will be in Luxor. So let's compare this romance to um, the romance in the previous two books, or the romances, in fact. So I guess the, 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 the main romance at the center of Odds On was between Jenks and Jenny, was it? Jenny? Yeah. And that was a bit of an unconventional one compared to the more generic romance in uh, Scratch One between... Roger Carr and uh, that Australian broad. Crittenden? Anne. Anne Crittenden. Anne. Yeah. And this this definitely feels like it's just a, a Anne <laughs> yes. Carr romance. A May June romance, if you will. Yes. Anne there, there's very, very similar, uh, quote unquote, witty dialogue, you know. Ugh, the dialogue is terrible in this, as you'd expect. It is. Uh, but luckily, we don't have much for that. He hasn't chapters. developed his skills for repartee. No, and yet he insists on doing it. Anyway, that's the end of the chapter, babe. Yeah, babe. See you next week. <laughs> Peace, bros. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>